0: Hello! Hey! Uh, welcome! Willkommen, is that? That's German. That's German. It... Um, I, I don't... Guten... Willkommen. Yeah. Uh, guten... Auf Wiedersehen! Auf Wiedersehen! <laughs> that means goodbye. Bonjour! Um, fuck. I don't... Uh, Sprechen die Deutsch. How does Swedish work? welcome
1: Welcome. Will... Um, I don't know any other... I don't know any Swedish words. I, don't... I know, like, some German words. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Kalax. Uh, die
1: Deutsch. It's Kalarts, is actually how it's pronounced. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know like, uh, like Sprechen die Deutsch.
0: I know. Um, I know um, PewDiePie. I know. <laughs> so we watched Midsummer. When we saw
1: Midsummer. Uh, uh, really weird that they didn't have a cameo from uh, Felix Kunterbar,
0: whatever his last name is. I don't think it's weird. I think it's actually completely normal that they well, didn't I, have it. It makes sense that they would cut it out since they cut out the Nazi references. <laughs> god we're right in the fucking deep (gasps) end (laughs) um so we're really excited to talk about this movie yeah uh uh i has seen it twice i watched a movie so nice i watched it twice uh you haven't done that since us i i really haven't and let me tell you it hits fucking different (laughs) uh
1: so yeah let's start with that like what was what was your 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 in and out experience first time versus second time
0: well um so I had kind of like, I don't know, i I feel kind of weird, I, I feel kind of misgivings about coming into it with this sort of hereditary expectations of, because I felt a lot of dread um uh, during my first viewing of midsummer,
1: yeah, same, especially because i I had been warned that it was gory mm-hmm. and given how oppressive uh, hereditary was, yeah, I was expecting just that atmosphere, but with gore <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. um and then, Kind of, like, second time through. Like, I'm certain that I I haven't rewatched Hereditary. Um, Like, I've only seen it once. I I really want to check it out again. But I also don't feel like my anxiety is going to go down. Uh, Whereas with *Midsummer*, I was able to really appreciate it as kind of this, like, weird screwball college drama thing. Uh, This sort of fable that it's it's really trying to be. Um, And it, it was a lot funnier. And a lot more. I was able to really uh, kind of see the granular aspects of how uh, the students kind of related to each, or not, yeah, students kind of related to each other more. Um, I don't know. What, what did Jay? What, what did you think of Midsummer? Did you-
1: um, I? I liked it. I actually. It's, you mentioned the funny thing. Um, Aster has that kind of, like, Yorgos thing where, like, the first time you watch his movie, you're like, the, the things that you were laughing at aren't supposed to be funny. You're just laughing because you're stressed. And then you see another one of his movies and you're like, N- oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just is the, the exact same kind of, like, brain broken that we are. Where he's yeah. just like,
0: wouldn't it be really funny if during this upsetting scene this happened? <laughs> it's actually really funny that there's this weird bait and switch where they, they kind of just, like advertised it as like kind of a horror thriller vehicle and then it's actually like a comedy yeah <laughs> like we were we were all kind of we were all kind of struck by that when we saw it in the theater uh, apparently
1: he one of the next movies he's thinking of making is because he's like he's like you know he's got ideas for genres that he wants to do but he's like he's been like yeah i kind of at want to make just like a straight comedy drama like not yeah. something that is horror things and i think uh you know what I think I'll go see that, and I'll go see that, and he will probably surprise me by having more gore in it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, he he did. There was some sort of interview where he ended it off with like, "Yeah, I want my next movie to take place in a cheesecake factory or something." I I
1: really I I saw that and I was like, I sincerely would watch a horror horror movie, comedy, anything of his. That takes place in a Cheesecake Factory, just entirely in a Cheesecake Factory. A hundred percent. What's that movie you always recommend I watch about the the dinner table conversation? Oh, Festin, The yeah. Celebration, which is very... Um, I, I, I feel like it would be a movie like that, where it's like, it would be, the whole film would look like a Cheesecake Factory commercial, but it would be dealing with, like, deep family secrets. God. <laughs> in oh. a Cheesecake
0: Factory. <laughs> That would actually be a fucking sick-ass Festin remake. Uh, Everybody watch Festin. It's really Uh, intense. I'm
1: actually, I asked you partially, this is a trick, uh, so that I can finally add it to my watch list. Uh Because every time I try to remember it, I'm like, oh, it's called like, like, uh, like, conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Family dinner. (laughs) Family
0: dinner time. And then trying to Google like family dinner, big secret exposed movie, nothing. God, this is, this is definitely, Midsummer's definitely a movie that kind of feels like Festin in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, *Midsummer* uh, kind of falls within my favorite genre and type of movie. Uh, it, I, I really had a very strong, um, like, kind of emotional reaction to *Midsummer* uh, for, you know, really obvious reasons, and it's it kind of resonates with me in the same way that I think it resonates with a lot of millennials, <laughs> I, I, I suppose, um, cause wow, this shit. It, it talks about some shit that is very real and very hard, and the characters feel very lived
2: in.
1: Yeah, I know that's, um, I think that's probably one of my favorite elements of the film, is is, is people who've probably seen it, which you should if you haven't, or if you can't stand oh, yeah. gore, it's fine if you, whatever, listen, I guess. Yeah, I watch the TV it. I would um,
0: say. <laughs> I, I have legitimately, like...
1: There's, there's like, a part where, like, like, as as the old people are jumping off the cliff, it just cuts to, like, a
0: birthday cake on the floor. Like, <laughs> like, a birthday cake dropping. Yeah. <laughs> It, cu- it cuts to that one thing that Paul Rudd keeps doing on that fucking, like, the Mac and Me clip. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, be... <laughs> the little Mac and Me alien pops up over every scene with gore, like, huh? <laughs> 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 um, <clears throat> Yeah, the gore, like, the gore is kind of simultaneously essential and non-essential to the film, so I've been legitimately recommending a lot of people be like, hey, hey, watch the TV edit, maybe.
1: Yeah, um, it's, it's something where I think it's definitely... It definitely feels necessary to the texture of the film. Yeah. But it is something where, like, if the gore is what's going to get in your way of enjoying or being able to watch the film, if there's, like, an edit of it or, like, a balderized version or, like, I don't know, like, some sort of, like, content warning, like, five, four, three, two, one, gore's going to be on screen. Yeah. You cover your eyes. <laughs> Yeah, um, I right. mean, like the the first bit of gore in the film is very, very telecasted. Like you, you see it coming. Yeah. Um, but then there's a lot of times where it's just like, here's a then, shot of like, oh, it's just gonna cut to them burning the bodies with smashed in skulls, or like yeah. he runs into his shed and here's a person whose lungs have been pulled out the back of their body yeah. and they're slowly suffocating
0: to death. Yeah, there's certainly the presence of um, kind of Ari Aster's like sadisticness and sort of uh. There's there's a lot of that sort of thing of, of these kind of elements coexisting and kind of lane switching like at the drop of a hat, which a, a kind of being like a jump scare in and of itself. But it's also really not scary. It's, it's, it's the same sort of thing you do with Hereditary where it's like things that aren't jump scares, but like
1: give you the same feeling without the annoyance. Yeah, the, the classic I always go to is um, my favorite non jump scare jump scare in Hereditary is still like when um the sun wakes up. And, like, as the scene is, like, as he's just staring out the window, and so you, the audience, are, like, staring out the window as well, out the door as well, expecting something to appear. Your eye, and the scene doesn't progress. Your eyes start to drift. And then you realize that Tony Collette is crouched in the corner of the ceiling.
2: Yeah. And that's
1: what scares the shit out of you, because you realize that she's been there the entire time, but your eyes immediately went to the doorway.
2: Oh,
0: such such incredible Litt- Literally, uh, when you see it, you shit bricks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, mi- Midsummer, it kind of, the, the thing about Midsummer that I was really struck by stylistically is that it's very, it's a very bodily movie. Um, not only in just kind of the, they put forward a lot of these, this breathy sort of, oh, like that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's a motif throughout the movie where, like, the, this sort of, uh, Swedish cult is kind of doing that. Um, but like, breath like the sound of breath like becomes claustrophobically loud like at a lot of different points in the movie kind of in the same way that like hereditary has a lot of scenes where there's like a low droning bass tone to just kind of make you anxious midsummer has that has like a very bodily very visceral texture to it throughout um that that I that I was really really obsessed with and really kind of metabolized a lot of things that I like that I've thought of in like different states of mind. Uh, to also be clear, Midsummer is kind of a drug movie. Uh, yeah, no, they are on acid for probably a good forty percent of the film. Not really. It's more like mushrooms and just like natural sort of holistic. Yeah, it's 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 the
1: visuals were definitely very acid. Oh, no. uh, I admittedly I've never tried shrooms or rather right, think... sorry, that's a lie. <laughs> I've never experienced shrooms. Um, oh, okay. So I don't know if the visuals were quite that, but the visuals were definitely very, like, acid. Um, that that was actually one of my favorite, like, weird little visual tricks they do is in the, in the, like, last quarter of the film when they're on acid, or on whatever the hallucinogen is. Just the small bits of visual distortion that go on. Yeah. And, like, the way they'll intensify as the characters get more stressed out. But when they're just, like, calm and, like, oh, we're having a dinner, I guess. It's just, like, trees in the background trees in the background kind of growing and shrinking the flowers yeah. on her hat kind of like dilating randomly yeah that felt really accurate no that was that was like such an incredible like dedication cuz it's something they absolutely did not need to do but it's like it it it, it works well too because d- depending on how the acid is distorting things you can tell whose perspective you're seeing that scene that shot from mm-hmm. like whenever it's christian is center frame it's a lot more like aggressively Like, for, like, increasing on him. And then whenever it's, uh... I can't believe I'm blanking on her name. Danny. Danny. Whenever it's Danny in frame, it's, like, big and open. And it's just, like, you know, mountains kind of swaying slightly. Yeah. It's very, very... It's it's really nice. I really like that detail in, like, the film of just, like, really capturing how mood-dependent hallucinogens can be and how they distort things. Yeah, absolutely. And it really kind of comes down to how your perspectives are distorted... By your emotional state.
0: <laughs> clunk. Clunk. Um, yeah, like I, I, I really was struck by all the imagery of her kind of uh like her her the, the sort of bounds of her body like kind of melting into the earth and like all of these this grass coming up from her, like from where she's touching the ground, uh and like kind of like reconnecting with nature, blah 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 um and all of this stuff about like naturalism and and beauty and like melting into the earth uh that is played in contrast to like like my 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 brain races thinking about this movie because there's just so much cool shit it's it's uh, a very long movie with a
1: lot to chew on <laughs> yeah
0: because like there there's there's all of this imagery that is like so bodily and so like centering with nature and so like yeah, you know, like kind kind of beautiful but terrifying and complicated, uh, it, it, which is cast against like this whole immersion therapy thing Danny's going through, where she's like watching these people kind of ritualistically self-sacrifice and commit suicide, uh, cast against like her parents dying, which is. Like the her parents, to be clear, being in mur-
1: being killed in a murder suicide that her sister. Yeah. Her, I think they say she has like severe bipolar disorder.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Like something like like it, the implication is that it's like it's it's a bipolar disorder bad enough that it causes psychosis. Seems mm-hmm. to be the
0: implication in the film. Yeah. Which it every every part about that uh, like about really the beginning of the movie is just truly horrifying. Uh, really like. Troubling, uh, really emotionally, um, just like emotionally just destroys you, uh, and at the same time, it's like, I don't know, it's this really, it's this really complicated thing where like, that's, that's a really ugly and horrible and hard to look at thing that happens to her, that happens to Danny, I should say, um, and like, by sheer comparison, everything else that happens in the movie is not really not as bad. Not as bad. Yeah, like her her boyfriend and his shitty friends get killed. Eh.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I really love that. Like Ariaster has been like, it's a more dramatic version of a uh, of burning your ex's things. <laughs>
2: yeah. which is your which ex. is
1: burning your ex in a giant. I just realized he's in a giant stuffed bear. Yeah, as if like like this kind of bullshit stuffed carnival bear. That a boyfriend gets you that is burned <laughs> as a cliche in movies. Well, I yeah. just made that connection.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a whole shitload of stuff about like the bear imagery and like bear bears like in folklore and like everything they represent and like there's uh there there's a there's a bunch of like there's like a painting literally in Danny's room of the bear on fire. Yeah, there's like well, there's one of the bear on fire and then one of there's one of like a girl with a flower crown kissing a bear, uh like. Uh, it's it's so replete with like that shit throughout the movie. Uh,
1: There's there's the one interview Aster gives where he's like, yeah, the murals tell you everything that happens in the film. And we wanted to do that because we decided early on that it's like it's a full core film. You know what happens?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And he's like, he's like, he's like, and I wanted to play with that. The fact that like these guys are studying this so they know what's going to happen, but they just think that they're going to be above it. Yeah. <laughs> that, like they're not going to be subject to these rituals that they are studying and clearly see are about to happen, literally painted on the walls in front of
0: them. <laughs> that, to me, like, that's the selling point of this movie, and that's what makes it so interesting to me. Um, it, is that like bad things happening to these shitty American tourists is absolutely a foregone conclusion. Like, and and the the way the movie, the way the movie talks about the cult is so much more. Uh, interesting and three-dimensional and realized than simply, you know, like, a a kind of... uh, just kind of a one-dimensional sort of no-escape situation.
1: They're not like, we worship Satan in our Satan cult where we do Satan crimes. It's like... It definitely feels like, all right, this is a cult that has these rituals that have been enshrined over. They say that the, the sacrificing sacrificial ritual happens every 90 years. Mm-hmm. But in order for that to be, like, a thing, they had to have been doing this for, like, probably hundreds of years. Yeah. And they're very insular and isolated to an extent. So it's definitely something where it's like, yeah, it, f- it feels like these are reasonable, you know, devi- uh, reasonable, like, treads to be worn into the cult over time. Although, when we get to it, I do want
2: to
0: talk about... Uh, the cult's many contradictions. Contradictions. Oh yeah. No, I mean. Well, I, we can just kind of dive into that because, like, the cult in this movie uh, is so fucking interesting. Like, the the thing the thing that a lot of horror horror films really want to do is just kind of have there be a, have there be a cult. Whereas in this one, like, it, it it isn't interested in making any concessions and or or being like, you know. Like, this cult exists in spite of society. It's like, no, this cult exists, like, in conjunction with and, and like, because of society. And they are aware of society. And their case, they are able to make their case so well that they are able to continue existing as, like, a sacrificial, insane cult. Do you think that's why they have the bit about them watching Austin Powers? abso fucking Like,
1: like, I, that scene still makes me lose it. Because, like, as I was talking like, about it, I was like, that means that they have power. yeah basically solely to watch austin power because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you don't see them use electricity like at any other point in the film except when danny's on acid and one of them is on a computer yeah or which, I, I don't remember if it's on a computer it's like it's something like they're on some electronic device no
0: there's a laptop where, it's a laptop during danny's bad trip at the beginning of the movie which uh, like is so funny uh there's so much funny shit like that in this movie um because like that's yeah that's really the thing it's like they're not not aware of like western standards of of ethics and ideology and and all of this like of course like they live in the fucking world yeah but in that like when you look at austin powers from an objective standpoint there is nothing like unshakably (laughs) like there's nothing unshakably like that needs to be upheld, like philosophically, that Austin Powers is like made of in the fabric of Austin Powers. Like it feels, it feels kind of uh, ubiquitous in our lives, just because of being Americans. Uh, but like, it it's also bullshit. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's misogynist. It's, so it's like technically like bad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in in the same way that this cult is like air quotes technically bad. You know what I mean? So my my take on the cults
1: putting my hand down and we'll, we'll see how much this is held up by the uh the forthcoming three to four hour long cut that our auster is oh, apparently I'm gonna be re- desperate to watch if, it, if they if it gets a release here we're gonna go see it i think the cult is a metaphor for the rise of fascism <laughs> and not in a like i'm making everything political but actually it was like this was something i was sort of prompted to see before going in because mm. i was reading this thing or someone was like hey um People who are going to go to this movie, particularly white people and not in a like white people be like way, but in a like because it's going to be really bad if you do this way. Yeah, Um, they're like a lot of the ruins in the film are real Nordic ruins, (laughs) which have very white supremacist connotations now. Like the people who made this movie definitely researched it and like definitely chose those ones for very specific reasons. Uh, And apparently, because the original script had a lot more like random lines that kind of like introduced that element more into the film. There's like a joke about um, about when he's asking about the ruin language, like one of them has a book about like Nazi ruins. Oh, wow. And like that's kind of like the connection he makes. He's like, oh, these are the same ruins. But he doesn't make the connection that like the Nazi ruins.
0: (laughs) Uh, well, there's also this kind of like forced eugenics thing that happens in the theatrical cut of yeah the the sort of like disabled child and and Austere said so that like that
1: character Reuben as he put as is the new character's name it's somewhat drawn on like the the rise oh, of yes. far right extremism
0: yeah his name is Reuben
1: okay yeah it, uh in it's specifically in Sweden mm. um you know the way in which like the kind of like closed borders narrative that they're pushing necessitates inbreeding is essentially the idea um and that was, so that was something i knew about going in and it like made me kind of notice a lot of the contradictions of the cult and the way in which a lot of their messages and what they offered to danny is essentially like hey society is wild and crazy and you can't control it but what if you could control the whole community and you didn't have to feel pain because we decide when the pain happens um, mm. and so how the way in which like the, the the narrative that they sell to Danny instead of the fairy tale thing that she finds you know on one level is she finds community she finds real support she finds real love and care but what she has to accept on that is a cult that has very very heavy fascist implications and a lot of contradicting claims um, and with Ruben the one I noticed specifically is the, the scene where Christian is asking about the about uh, inbreeding, and they're like, "Oh no, we have to bring in new blood occasionally for that reason." We we observe the incest taboo is the line. Yeah, and then the scene like I think immediately after or very shortly after is when Josh is in the temple and he's asking questions, and and Ruben comes up, and they say, "Oh no, Ruben is intentionally is intentional uh, because he's like, how do you you know what do you do if like another child with disabilities is born? Like, what do you do if?" Um, if like the if Ruben dies and you know, do you just wait for another child with the same deformities to be born? And they go, oh no, we intentionally breed them that way. They're, they're he is from a bloodline that is specifically selected to be inbred. Yeah, which means that they don't actually air quotes observe the incest taboo. yeah, what they actually mean is that we observe the fact that there's only one bloodline that's allowed to do this.
0: yeah, which which really falls in line. there there's so much like thematically about like, weird communication in this movie where like the cult is consistently telling like 80% of the truth. Yeah. And and the 20% is like that they're missing is like the big, always the biggest part. Yeah. Uh, where like, there's also this other scene where, um, these, uh, sort of non-white British, uh, like tourists who, uh, Pele's brother Ingmar has brought. Um, he, he kind of is just like, yeah me and uh me and this girl that I brought were dating and then all of a sudden she met this other guy and now they're uh now they're engaged
1: they, they met shortly after we broke up. It's really funny yeah yeah
0: yeah and and then like she's immediately like we were not dating. we hung out one time. I didn't know it was a date. I didn't know it was a date and he's like, yeah but, like, but anyway we stayed friends after
1: <laughs> she's like we were always friends yeah. just friends um and, then, and which then, I also like, love because it introduces such a like in similar contradiction, the way in which, like, these sacrifices these giving are supposed to be framed as beautiful and stuff, but in that scene, it's very obvious that this is, like, petty revenge. Yeah. That he's bringing them to the cult to be
0: killed because uh-huh. he got cucked. <laughs> yeah. And then, interestingly, he's actually one of the people who, like, gives himself up, like, at the end of the movie. So, quite literally, doing a murder-suicide for for things that are even less for things that are even more petty than like mental illness. It, it like it's yeah. literally it, it's literally technically and literally like a, a a worse crime than what Danny's sister committed. In in
1: the um in the in that ending scene too, like another thing about it is like, you know, they frame it as like beautiful, like ah, oh, you're giving yourself as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And he has the thing where he gives them like he's like this tree sap will help you um will like yeah. help ease the pain and stuff. And then we see immediately that that character is in horrifying pain. Yeah. And the thing I love about the way that scene is constructed is that it's, um, what's the, what's the friend's name? Um, Ingmar? 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 Yeah. Uh, so it's Ingmar looking at the other guy. Yeah. The other guy catches on fire and starts screaming in agony. And it cuts back to Ingmar. And Ingmar just has this look on his face of, oh, fuck yeah and it's like to me it's it's it reflects a sort of like compliment to danny being new to the cult and she's fully embracing it and smiling but then you have ingmar who's been in the cult his whole life who essentially helped bring danny into it by telling her all these things realizing oh the
0: cult lied to me yeah this is gonna hurt (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna hurt a lot (laughs) yeah it's it's just kind of this inevitability that's like being played with and and it's just so it's so interesting and it works on every level that like every character in this movie has like an arc. I sorry.
1: I just I just also made the connection in my brain. This god, this movie so layered and so good. <laughs> Is that when he's talking to her about grief and how he also lost his parents? He's like, but I didn't feel the same pain you're feeling because That's- I had the community there, and so that scene of him realizing. So oh, they're Pele. lying. Pele, yeah. He's yeah. like, that scene of him realizing, oh, they're lying, it is going to hurt, is also the same thing with Danny is being sold this myth of, oh, it's never going to hurt to have a breakup again. Right. It's never going to hurt to have your heart broken. It's never going to yeah. hurt to lose people. Because,
0: they're lying. It is yeah. going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. Like, because as long as you're being sort of held by this community, you will, you, you know, like, you will be fine. There's, the, there's so much, like... Kind of false hope being offered. Uh, and uh, o- Oster,
1: in, a, in an interview, said that the film is about her getting out of an unhealthy codependent relationship and getting into a much healthier codependent relationship, but with a mur- murderous cult.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, there's also God to to kind of put a cap on the sort of uh, fascism discussion, I suppose, or not even put a cap on it, which is like uh, there there's a. a, a there was an interaction that I, like, noticed the second time I watched the movie where Josh is, well, uh, the kind of patriarch of the cult, uh, meets the, uh, college students for the first time, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, you like my frock? It's very girly. Well, we, we, blah, 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 we respect the hermaphroditic, uh, aspects of nature, blah, 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 and he's kind of yakking about, like, his own philosophy, and then Josh is like, oh, yeah, that's just, like, uh, this other random society in this other random corner of the world and the guy just stares at him for a <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny because it's simultaneously like oh it's kind of doing the fable thing of like josh is really only able to see his own like his own personal character arc and like this patriarch character is is also just like i don't really give a shit about what you're talking about because that is outside of the borders of my weird little society so sure whatever guy yeah. <laughs> uh- just that dynamic uh, with like every character in throughout the movie is so fucking cool and, like interesting um just to, just to kind of also like talk about Josh I was really I, I really loved Josh as a character I feel like the sort of weird fascist stuff is like kind of present in the movie but I also would want to watch like a longer cut
1: I I I think the the longer cut is my my assumption because in the interview where he mentions with Ruben specifically, he says that Ruben has more scenes in the longer in like his original cut. Yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming it's more of an explicit thing in the longer cut. It's just something that I think is interesting. Cause it's like, I see a lot of discussion about, you know, the breakup elements and Danny, you know, is it good? Is it bad at the end of Danny? And to me, I'm like, well, I think the thing that's interesting about the film is that it's, it's good. She gets catharsis, but it sort of asks like, not at what cost, but it asks like, Hey, what in in seeking catharsis, what can we possibly risk like opening ourselves up to? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like it's condemning her for seeking catharsis. It's not like it's condemning her actions. I don't think it's condemning her actions at all. But I think it is sort of like there's a slight like but, you know, the festivities aren't even over. Yeah. She doesn't know what's coming in the next four days. You don't know what's coming in the next four days. It could end up being that this was like not worth it.
0: That's very true actually. Because I, I hadn't thought about that aspect where, like, it's not necessarily, like, the end of the festival. It's just the end of the movie. You know what I mean? And then it's, like, the beginning of the rest of Danny's insane cult life. Well, uh, I, and this is something I didn't notice until someone else pointed out.
1: At the beginning, they say there's, like, eight uh, eight days of the festival. And the, the end of the film happens on day four. Wow. Okay. So there's, like, four more days that we don't even see and that Danny doesn't even know is coming. Yeah, yeah. Because Danny's like, especially because Danny's like lost any sense of time because of the, the lack of sun. Yeah, (laughs) sorry, the lack
0: of sunfall. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, just thinking about Danny. Uh, this movie, this movie kind of does something that is like my favorite thing for movies to do, where it does not blame, uh really any character or rather it does not feel like it's blaming or placing blame upon any of the characters, particularly for uh, their actions. And, and in that way it functions like really successfully as a movie about a cult. Uh, And like it, it kind of does the same thing that I like that my favorite movie ever lady vengeance does (laughs) uh, where it's like, what the fuck else was she going to do? Yeah. Like, you really aren't gonna just join up and join a cult when your like boyfriend is like unable to communicate with you. Like, throughout that movie, Christian is so like has so obviously like such major problems with like communication and honesty and like reading the room and <laughs> I, I really love the scene right before
1: really right before they leave where She notices that he's planning to go in like three weeks Mm -hmm. and that he hasn't mentioned it. And it's so obviously this tense moment of like she starts immediately apologizing and trying to like close the box because she realizes that what's going on is that he's planning on breaking up with her. Yeah. And rather than him taking the fucking plunge and doing it, Mm -hmm. it cuts to him being like, so Danny's coming. But yeah. she's not coming. Yeah. But I told her she's coming, and I told her that you all want her to come.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Just the. And most... then immediately cuts to her on the plane trip coming. Yeah. <laughs> Literally had his moment to take his shot. It's been long enough since that tragedy. It's very obvious that he's not in the relationship anymore. He could have just ended it there. Didn't. Then had three more weeks to take it back and admit that that's what he was. What what's going on? and he still doesn't do it. It's yeah. such a oh, it's such brilliant character writing because it's like It's so good. It's so early on establishes his biggest problems in the relationship, which is he does not I I was we we're talking about it earlier. I was like I said he does not want to be responsible for hurting Danny, not that he cares if she gets hurt or not. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's that he's like a sociopath. It's that he just doesn't want to be the one who's at fault for it.
0: Yeah. I would say like in spite of the fact that this is majorly not necessarily a horror film, uh, to me the the absolute scariest part of the movie is when um, they, Christian is like literally talking to his friends about breaking up with Danny, and then he gets the call that's her just screaming, God, and that then it scene. cuts it cuts to a shot of him walking up outside of her apartment and hearing her screaming from inside, and and like knowing what he's about to walk into. Knowing what like, he's about to walk into. Knowing what he was just saying. Yeah. <laughs> like the my the the fucking floor dropped out from under me during that shit. Like that that's the hardest part of the movie for me. And it's and it's hard to be like, fuck fuck Christian like entirely. Um like, I don't know. It's I, I feel
1: like uh one thing I, I think is like I, I notice a lot of people be like, oh and then he cheats on Danny at this like emotional time and I'm like, I mean Here's the thing. I don't think Christian would have ever cheated on Danny for the same reason he wouldn't break up with her because he's a fucking coward. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs>
1: because he's a coward and he doesn't want to hurt her. Even he doesn't want to hurt her. He It's a trolley problem situation. He doesn't want to hurt her directly. So he's going to let her get hurt way more in a much more longer term way. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to do a short term bit of something that will make her hate him. Yeah. Um. So consequently, I don't think he would have cheated on her. The He literally cheats on her because he is drugged <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> and is literally just shoved into a room of a bunch of naked women and basically physically forced to fuck her. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like you know, he made his choice and stuff, but it's also like, that That also ties into the contradictions of the cults. is then they're there and they're holding her and they're feeling her pain. A lot of people point to that scene, but it's also like it's intercut with them helping him cheat on her. So they're Mm. literally creating the pain and then selling her a solution to the pain. Yeah. A hundred percent. Some could say capitalism works the same way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One might argue. Um, that's all, I mean, that's also how fascism works really. I mean, fascism is just capitalism. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wait up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, God. Yeah. It's, just such a, it's so, it's so deep and there's just so much shit. So much. There's so <sighs> many
1: like good layered character interactions. Also, like, this is something just even as I was walking out of the film and thinking back over it. um, The fact that at the start of the film, when he's giving her advice on her sister, mm-hmm. everything he is saying applies to his and Danny's relationship. That's true. Where he's like, every time she has this freak out, you give into it and you soothe her. So you just encourage her to get worse and worse. Mm hmm. That's not actually what's going on with her sister. That's what's going on with him and Danny. Yeah. Because he's never like, "Hey, you're having a panic attack." Yeah. <laughs> he, he he's he's always just saying like he's he's always trying to like, you know, and it's like it's not that that's like, you know, he should just be like, "Get over it." thought. <laughs> it's just like he is he it it very much so the implication is that he feeds into that anxiety because he doesn't know how to actually cope with her anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so consequently, he ends up just feeding it because that's what will solve the problem faster
0: for him. The movie does so much really interesting shit of... So much really interesting shit, uh, which is a great sentence that I just said out of my mouth. Uh, I d- it does. And then you have the fact that Danny's got her well, own I was, I was just problems. making fun of my own grammar. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I, I... Yeah, no, I, I like how every character... Or, or rather, the way the movie talks about communication um, of people just kind of, like, being stuck inside of their own head and how the cult is kind of selling this bullshit idea of just, like, oh, no, we actually are all, like, we're all connected and we're communicating in this, like, really you know, connected way, blah, blah, blah. We feel each other's pain and there's no reason to have boundaries. Uh, (laughs) There's no boundaries here. If you want
1: to fuck, you know, the elders will just be like, hey, Uh you want to fuck this?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Somebody come fuck this. Mom's going to be there. She's going to be shoving your ass in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, So like, there's like another bit with Josh uh, being like, hey, uh cuz there's that scene where they're all like kind of giving they're all kind of giving giving Christian the advice that like is just something that they have obviously been like thinking about themselves which is Will Poulter's character just being like just just dumper she's a thought uh Josh being like are you sure you like don't have personal work to be doing on yourself like I, your thesis I I loved Josh introducing a just introduce, it's very like it's
1: all it would almost be ham-handed if it wasn't a hundred percent what Josh's character would say yeah <laughs> because because josh's character has no tact and would just say that where he just straight up says are you sure that the reason you're not either working on your relationship or breaking up with her because you need the personal drama (laughs) (laughs) just straight up saying like you are doing like you love this drama you love this 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 indecisiveness because it solves your problems for you
0: yeah absolutely so like i don't know just all, all of all of the characters and like it, it also kind of makes Pele uh, a really interesting character to me because um, he's he's really nice and he's really selfless and he says he like apologizes in, in ways that Christian specifically doesn't. And also, I want to point out one of my favorite aspects of the movie, which is Christian forgets Danny's birthday and Pele has to remind him that it's Danny's birthday and gives him a cake to give to Danny. Which is so fucking funny. That's so...
1: It's so good.
0: I also love that he then can't
1: light it. Yeah. And it goes on for like... It's not like... Oh, I can't... It's not like... It's like happy birthday. Oh, I can't light shit, it. Fuck. It's like a solid minute of him just doing this, trying to yeah. light the cake. It's such a good bit. It's so so <laughs> While like funny. a cult is singing behind them and it's really loud. So it's like kind yeah. of covering up what he's saying.
0: Yeah. um, And it's just so... It's 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 so apt and it's so good uh, and and it's so deeply uh, like the whole messaging of the movie being like, hey, like your 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 standard of communication is not really the problem or like it kind of is. It's just kind of like this this isn't going to solve your problems, like maybe being more more cognizant and more being able to like put your foot down and like being able to actually fucking talk to each other would help. Uh, but also you don't have to kind of rubber band to the opposite direction of having absolutely no boundaries of any kind. Uh, Like, I don't know. There's so much.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, I think, I think, I think it's like what you're saying is, is like really kind of at the heart of it is that like the cult having no boundaries is appealing to Danny in a relationship where there's extreme, like they are both extremely guarded and have huge walls above each other. Yeah. But, the 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 no boundaries of the cult isn't healthy either yeah it's just more appealing because it's what she doesn't have
0: yeah absolutely like there there's so much that happens where people just kind of steamroll over each other's like wishes and wants uh and and like Pele totally like he does it with a smile on his face and he's very kind but he steamrolls over everything that Danny could have possibly wanted out of this weekend like. Danny probably, you know, wanted something that was like healing and then also he but but like he kind of obviously doesn't really care about her uh, and and like maybe it, it feels better because it's a it's a it's some it's a way of not caring about her that feels more kind of easy for her to understand as opposed to the whole thing with Christian just being like, hey, you're supposed to love me. What the fuck is going on? Like we're we're supposed to we're supposed to love each other. Blah blah she, blah. She she loves she she is drawn
1: in by Pile because he offers her a role. Yeah, he offers her a place in a relationship, which is not what she feels with Christian. Yeah, but she isn't quite at the point yet of realizing that like what she that like him offering her a place in a relationship isn't the same as her having a place she wants mm-hmm. and she feels like it is because she's the mayweather she becomes the mayweather queen she gets to have all of this stuff that's all around her Deployed and it's so mayweather great too. um <laughs> fuck off um but you know is she really being is she really getting to do that or is yeah. it just this is how we get her to join our cult
0: yeah Absolutely. I, I want to talk a little bit about, um, like some of the, some of the other character motivation, because like that, that also kind of comes up with like Christian as well, because as much as Christian is like going through a thousand different things at the same time, Christian is also, uh, during the second, my second viewing of the movie, I was in the theater writing notes, by the way. So I'm oh, looking okay. at my yeah, I was wondering what you were pulling out. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have a problem. No, uh, <laughs> it's, it's I, I did the same thing when I went and saw Us. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, So there's this classical horror movie thing that's happening where Danny throughout the whole movie or like kind of more and more throughout the movie, which makes the power, the power struggle between Christian and Danny way more interesting. Uh, But Danny is kind of the whistleblower and being like, hey, um, this is maybe kind of weird. Have you seen Connie? Yeah. Uh, Her boyfriend just kind of left her here. Uh, This is this is all really strange. And Christian's just like, wow. But no, nothing's weird here. Uh, this is fine because because it's all about staying a to to work on his thesis that he decided is about this place uh to fuck with josh as as like a petty thing i I love that (laughs) doesn't necessarily want to there's a character okay so there's like a redheaded character from the cult that is flirting with him throughout the film who i kind of we'll get back to her
2: okay
0: uh uh her name is maya he basically christian is like a the thesis thing B trying to make more uh situations where he stays to like kind of be around maya because you can tell early on that he is like not thinking about cheating but just like oh i want to be around this person that likes me yeah yeah, like
1: very much he's not thinking about cheating but he's like oh if i wasn't in this relationship yeah i could sleep with this person yeah And that's exactly. why you know like why i don't think he would cheat is like i don't think he's the kind of cheater in that sense mm-hmm. but i do think he's the kind of person where he's like oh man if only i
0: wasn't dating this girl <laughs> yeah absolutely and and kind of the same thing happens to josh where josh is like yeah this is this is kind of weird blah, blah blah that's this is crazy something something uh anyway i gotta stay um I gotta make my thesis double good because fuck Christian. And now <laughs> I have and now I have to sneak into this sacred center and like take forbidden phone pictures of this Bible thing. Uh because of Christian.
1: It's so Oh, I love their Uh Josh sucks. Josh is Josh is yeah. a perfect perfect asshole dipshit. I love this scene where he pees on the tree. no no no, and no, no, just, no, no that's not Josh. That's not Josh, sorry.
0: What's that character's name? Um, that's Will Poulter playing fucking...
1: Uh, I, I got confused because I read a review where someone Mark. was like... It's Josh Mark. and Mark, yeah. which is impossible. Very, very Because Because like I was reading a review and someone was like, the first time I watched this, I didn't think Josh really deserved it. But when I watched it a second time, I was like, no, wait, he kind of did.
0: Yes, because that that's i had exactly the same thing happen to where i was like man why why don't do this to william I, jackson I, I, harper I, I, I was
1: gonna say i honestly think it's just because it's william jackson harper and we all love Cheedy and his character is very similar to Chidi in this is this just, just a
0: prequel to the good place this is how they all died <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um god wouldn't it be fucked up but anyway <laughs> But like he kind of does deserve it because he is up his own ass. Yeah, no, he he is up his own ass. He
1: there's also the scene that like where they're like, oh, we're gonna have a whatever the Swedish word for suicide ritual is, and he's like, what, like a real one? At a stoop done. Yeah, and then and then like afterwards, he is to Danny. He's like, I'm sorry, I didn't think it was gonna be that intense. But it's like the literal translation of that word is suicide ritual. Yeah. <laughs> like and like when you ask, do you mean like an actual one? Pele says yes it doesn't matter how like intense yes. it's gonna be you should have known maybe the girl whose sister committed suicide six months ago
0: shouldn't be here once again 80 percent of the truth yeah and just kind of pretending to be better yeah it's like oh I, I i totally didn't think it was gonna be that bad
1: you know it's like you knew it was I'm gonna so be sorry. a suicide oh, i'm it, so sorry it's not like the name or it's not even like suicide ritual it's like elder i think the like the direct translation is like elder suicide But like, like, it's literally like exactly what her trauma would be if he knows what it is. It's not
0: like the name of the ritual is like, ah, you know, rebirth ritual. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the fucking thing about this whole movie is just like, okay, you, you fucked, you fucked me over. But at least you're pretending to be upset about it and you are apologizing profusely as opposed to Christian who is just kind of like, all right, you're experiencing emotions. I'm gonna go. <laughs> that that scene is a masterclass of acting, though. When he's just
1: so hyped about it, and then she's like upset, and she's like, "Isn't this fucked?" And like watching his like brain cycle through like fifty different responses, and then <laughs> go, yeah, "Yeah, yeah," and like like literally like hands like fucking SNL skit actor like hands on his hips. Yeah, it is really fucked up. Yeah, but you know, I think. <laughs> But you know, but Danny, you know I would never support suicide rituals, correct? But <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's such a it's such a brilliant like mixture of like really good character writing and like really good comedy character writing. Because mm-hmm. like you could like with just a little. I mean, we we joked about it being like a Good Place prequel. Honestly, you the, the Good Place writing staff could basically write this same movie yeah. <laughs> like as a comedy rather
0: than as like a series of emotional uh turmoil. No, absolutely. Um I, uh, and a super important thing uh, that I want to bring up is that after the after the film, well, there's a whole bunch of comments from cast about and and, and like the director about like yeah, we had we had a great time <laughs> shooting this movie at breakneck speed in the middle of summer in budapest getting attacked (laughs) by bugs and being stressed the fuck out so like there's that and then there's also like the cast watching the uh the their first screening of the film in apparently stunned silence and the actor for christian jack rayner uh apparently getting up at the end of the movie and being like hey by show of hands how many of you think christian deserved that Uh, and then, like, half the audience, like, raises their hands, a lot of women raise their hands, and he's like, shame on you! (laughs) Which is very funny, and, and kind of emblematic, kind of, like, thematically emblematic of the communication disconnect that happens in this fucking movie, uh, like, you have to understand both why Christian would act in the way that he acts, which is completely, like, irresponsible and irrational. And also, why Danny would act in the way that she acts, which is completely irrational and irresponsible.
1: Yeah, no, there, It's it is an unhealthy r- relationship. Yeah, and I don't want to be like both sides are equally to blame because it's like to an extent, I, I I think greater responsibility in ending the relationship rests on Christian because he is the one who wanted
0: out of it. Yeah, and he's also the one whose parents didn't just fucking die. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but it is also something where it's like it's made very clear early on that Danny also has communication issues because she has a friend. That she can talk to about her problems. Yeah. Who she is shown only talking to about, oh, am I talking to my problems to my boyfriend too much? Yeah. Oh, I'm worried about scaring him away. And it becomes the same thing where it's like, she doesn't bring up that anxiety to him because if she did, even like while they were, like, I, even if they did at that point, like there's a possibility that could have, air quotes, saved the relationship. Mm -hmm. Like him being like, actually, yeah, I kind of have been wanting out of this relationship because I feel like a lot of emotional burden is put on me. Oh, dope. I will try to not to do that as much. Yeah. And then they turn and look at the camera.
0: Polyamory. <laughs> um, God. Do you remember the line where uh, Will Poulter's character, Mark, is literally just like, God, it's it's literally abuse. Yeah, that <laughs> line
1: got such a, like, got so many, like, not like not like the whole audience laughed, but so many different pieces in the audience just like, ah! <laughs> it's that like, sort
0: of that sort of barking laugh <laughs> yeah it's such a jump scare line it's it's so funny and it's it's so like yeah this is the fucking yarn that people spend to themselves about this kind of fucking it, it really is like yeah this really is breakups in 2019 where it's like it's literally abuse that i won't break up with you because i don't like dating you <laughs> yeah, which is like man he it's it's so fucked up that he is not wrong but he is like right for the absolute wrongest of reasons. and because it came out of his mouth, there is no way anyone is ever going to fucking listen. Yeah, no <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. which is great. And also I, I also wrote down the line. Also also Danny,
1: welcome to the House of Psychotic Women. Yeah, which by the way, I'm doing my due diligence. I found out that a local library is here, the Seattle Public Library, you can submit books to be purchased um oh, no. and a bunch of titles i've been recommending i've been getting bought including house of psychotic women so yeah. if you live in seattle and wanted to rent that book from the library um once <laughs> it's done processing you can you're welcome you have Jada to thank yeah bitch. that's literally my that's literally me i did that
0: <laughs> and you can too america um seriously folks support your local libraries check them out there's a lot of cool services and features hey, real shit I, I i love the library um Unironically, I-, un- I love the library. <laughs> the library is maybe the only thing that I love in this fucking it's, life. It's
1: so weird that, like, th- there are so many things where, like, you know, because I because of the way I'm socialized, I would, like, I round down how much I like things and whether or not they're good. Yeah. Library, no, 100%. <laughs> I'm all in. Libraries are fucking cool. They're
0: great. They're so relaxing. Uh, they're so nice. There's, and and the
1: people who work there are always really nice. And it's books the, are cool. It's like a community public resource. It, it specifically is basically tailored to the lower class. Fuck Libraries are good. <laughs> fuck <laughs> anyone who doesn't like libraries and fuck
0: Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Amazon. Fuck you. Um sorry, the line you're <laughs> No, that's fine. Uh yeah. Just I thought I thought that the the line uh of Danny being like, Oh, I had a bad trip and ran into the forest and and uh fell asleep, uh Is it tomorrow now? And Christian being like, from yesterday's perspective. <laughs> That line, that
1: line oh, is so funny. Okay, because then, then the answer to his question is yes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like he's just being an asshole for no reason. Like it's so funny. It's so Ugh. Oh, there's so much good stuff in this fucking movie. There's so much. There's so many moments of Danny just having to be like, "Well, fuck me, I guess." I think the like one of the saddest things
1: in this film. Is the few moments where you see them interacting as if they love each other? Yeah. Uh, the scene that is just like is just like just like actual heartbreaking for me <laughs> was like the scene where they're watching the people pick the flowers, uh, and <laughs> Mark no. just Mark just goes like, "Does girls know they're picking those flowers wrong?" <laughs> and then <laughs> you, but then as it's pulling out and it's seeing it, you see and hear. Danny sits down with Christian, and she goes, here, I got you these. And he's like, oh, thank you. He's like, did you pick them backwards, too? She's like, uh-huh. But it's, like, such a cute interaction, because it's that exact yeah. kind of just, like, playful teasing that they're doing to each other. You know, it's like, oh, I got you these flowers, because uh, I did this silly little ritual. And it's, it's such a cute moment, and it's like, <laughs> it's it's-, it, it's really sad seeing it, because you're like, oh, there was definitely, like, before this movie started, this was probably, like, not before, but, like, in the first, they're together four years. In the first two years, the relationship was probably really good. Yeah. And then, you know, Danny started dealing with her family and didn't know how to cope with it, and Christian didn't know how to cope with her not coping with it.
0: Yeah, I, I think the theatrical release is really good, but I think um, the kind of extended cut that we're being teased uh, has supposedly more of Christian being like a good boyfriend in it, and I think that's what's missing.
1: No, I, I, I really, I really think it, that really shows because like, and that also shows like you know why Danny. Is in the relationship, yeah. Like I, I think it's really important to establish that both of them get good things out of it, and that that's ultimately what makes the like the the breakup so traumatic for Danny. Yeah, is that there is a point to which the relationship was good, but it's past that point, and neither of them want to admit that that is no longer the case. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So Ari Aster, you smart son of a bitch. That's-
0: I, I I'm, you clever Betty. This is, yeah, this absolutely sealed it for me. He's probably one of my favorite, uh, modern directors. Um, I went, I did go and watch, uh, all of his short films, including, can you give me a ranking of the? Uh, yes. Uh, his absolute best short film is called TDF really works. Um, it's about the dick fart. <laughs> uh, it, it's, Liter, quite literally, a, uh, a, uh, advertisement that he made in like, I don't know, college or something, uh, for basically like, uh, 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 like baster that you put in your dick to, to like put air into your dick so that your dick farts instead of your ass. <laughs>
1: I see what you mean about how, like when you were telling me about it, you're like, it literally is like something that you, you, you and I both made separately in high school. Like this sort of bullshit. (laughs)
0: Like, Oh, it was actually, it was a really nice moment because, um, and it really kind of like my film school career went, uh, the way it did because I wanted to fucking kill myself every single day. (laughs) Um, and I just did not want to meet new people and I just wanted to fucking die. Uh, and I think Ari Aster probably had a similar experience, but he had friends. Yeah, he had friends, uh, <laughs> which means he that... probably
1: he probably went to school with his
0: high school friends. Yeah, exactly. Which means, um, or he or he went to AFI and not State College, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he met other depressed film students who wanted to kill themselves. Yeah, and also, but who wanted to kill themselves, but also wanted to make movies more than kill themselves, which you know is hard to find at State College. Uh, <laughs> but like. There's TDF really works with... Yeah, which absolutely is, like, a goofy fucking ad that I would have made for class. Like, that kind of thing. Um, and then there's the strange thing about the Johnsons, uh, which is really just him being like, hmm, can I tastefully make uh, the most untasteful content uh, I could possibly think of? And uh, my my reaction is probably back to the drawing board, because um, no.
1: What
0: I, I will say as an aside, one of the f- many few
1: big, like heavier criticisms I will have against him is that he has trouble sometimes thinking about the way things look.
0: Oh, 100%. <laughs> so
1: there's the thing about the Johnson's movie is that he that was one of his first controversial things because he casts an all black cast. And he was like, well, I just cast like, you know, like it was one of the actors was cast first. And he's like, well, then it's got to be a black family. Mm-hmm. Um, reasonable. But so for you who don't know, the film is uh, not only about incest, but it's about the son is the sexually aggressor party yeah. towards the father. Yeah. And from what I understand, the thesis of his film was essentially supposed to be like, you know, reversing the power dynamics that are often in play at these things to like kind of underline the idea that like it is insane that this is even tolerated in society. Mm-hmm. you know like when the power dynamics are reversed it's so much more obvious but it's like <laughs> why isn't it as obvious when the power dynamics are as they normally are yeah but it's a terrible it's a. it's a it's a very like not a great way to execute that idea yeah uh and but he caught flack because he cast a black family and you know obviously there's kind of something really loaded in the image of a sexually aggressive black man uh abusing his family yeah um a- and he kind of recreated that problem in midsummer because I know some people were like, it's sort of weird having a Swedish all-white death cult, and there's like very few non-white
0: characters. Absolutely, <laughs> and they get pretty brutally murdered alongside that. Which, like, as I as I feel we we've kind of explained a little bit, like it it's explained. It's not necessarily apologized for, or or kind of cohabitated with by the rest of the elements in the movie in a very uh, helpful way. I would say. Um, there's, there's that aspect of it, uh, and, and the aspect of just, like, these brutalized brown bodies, uh, that you just kind of have to witness. There's, there's brutalized white bodies, of course, but it's, like, a completely different context. It's, yeah, um, it's,
1: it's something where it's, like, it's, it feels a little bit more, uh, because I talked to a couple people about it where it's, like, there's, like, it's, it's not that it's, like, bad, it's just that it's, like, there's a level which you can kind of feel the absence of, like, there's no acknowledgement of the fact that, like, these are the, Uh, Josh and then the two British people are the only non-white people in a cult of Swedish
0: white people. (laughs) absolutely. And there's also kind of the the double-edged, or or like the other issue um, that we kind of touched on with like the eugenics and the incest thing, where uh, we have a disabled character who is even more pushed off to the side uh, in this movie. And... The movie does something great and says, like, and tells you in words, like, hey, this society is pushing this off to the side. Yeah. And this society is trying to make this crime against humanity as invisible as possible. And in the same way, the narrative is kind of doing that. And and that is maybe something to be cognizant of. And at the same time it is still an image of a disabled person that is like being neglected. Yeah. And, it's, and, it's it's so, and it's
1: still it still has the as you put it, the the magic mental the magic disabled person trope.
0: Yeah. For for the for the
1: second time the in a row. For the second time in a row, yeah. Thanks, sorry. It's it's still something where it's like, I, I don't think he does these things with willful intention. I don't even think he does I, them in a like unconscious bias way. No. I think he just doesn't think
0: about it. And I, that's more of what the that's more of the biggest criticism I'd levy against him. And my, my argument is, is that it's exceptionally conscious. And it, and it's also exceptionally conscious and conscious and hereditary because like the the daughter is just used as a gambling chip chip. Uh and like her interiority is just swept to the side and she is made as invisible as possible and shelved and like she's too big of a problem and like all of this shit that is like yeah that absolutely is how disability is treated in our society our society uh fucking ow yeah like ouch (laughs) no no sorry when i say like uh
1: not not conscious i don't mean that he just like does it i mean it's like i don't think it's he's conscious of like making his two big movies both feature that kind of character. Yeah. I don't think he's conscious of the fact that like that's kind of not a good like going back to that well twice feels a little weird.
0: Yeah, it it's uh, certainly not malevolent, I But think. I don't think I, it's
1: malevolent. I, I I am one of the few people who like is very not apologetic of Charlie, but it's like I I feel like the the way the movie treats Charlie in Hereditary is intentional and in that I yeah. feel like it's making a point about how in traditional horror films and in real life these kids are treated as like weird demonic creatures but that she is ultimately a little girl yeah and that that is why her death is so shocking in the film because it really it it basically makes the point that you only recognize her as a real person when she's dead
0: absolutely yeah and it's it's very um it's just very it's very umami it's very it's very complicated um and it's it's very uh i don't know it's not it's not exactly one material that that we that we're ever working with when it comes to Ari Aster but at yeah. the same time that's why we that's why we stand. Yeah, that's kind of, that that you know that's kind of worth worth standing Ari
1: Aster Yorgos Lanthimos Yorgos Lanthimos stand.
0: <laughs> we we stand.
1: We, stan. we on film creators stand them. Do you remember all any... the
0: do you remember all the parts in *Midsummer* where the cultists would like literally look directly at the camera?
1: No.
2: So
0: there was a part during the Adastupta scene where... Uh, and this, I think, goes kind of back into the point of them being, like, aware of society as a whole. I'm, I'm sorry that this recording is going so long. There's so much fucking shit no, to talk about. No,
1: I, I think people are... I mean, one of our first very long episodes was Hereditary. I think people yeah. are, are going to expect that this is going to be a long one.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah, so it, it, they're about to do the Adastupta, and, and everyone is kind of standing at the base of this, like, cliff. and one, And this character turns around and looks into the camera like it's a fucking napoleon dynamite scene oh i didn't notice that and and he he like looks at the camera and it's kind of it's ominous because his look isn't ominous it's just like the look that uh you you know the look that someone gives you when you're at a house party and like all of a sudden you're just like a person that is standing there and they just look at you to like kind of visually collate the information that you're there and then they look back at the thing that they're already looking at. It's yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. Uh, where it's like kind of emotionless and kind of just like welcoming in that way of, of it's just like it's not this person. It doesn't feel judgmental and it's kind of just like, oh, your presence there. Okay, I'm going to shift my attention back really quick.
1: Uh, the film does, all, I know, I feel like that works too if like the way the murals are constantly presented directly to the audience. Like there's the yeah. one at the start of the film, there's the love story one that's just shown to the audience. I feel like there's a lot of things like that that are like foregrounded in a way that acknowledge the audience and make them a part of the witnessing.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. It's
1: and how that probably ties into the anthropology thing. Also, another great contradiction. I just thought that's in the film because uh, I was thinking about that opening mural scene, putting the title of your film "Midsummer" over a winter storm. Brilliant. (laughs) Such a good bit. So good. (laughs) Such a, like, subtle, like,
0: joke, but also, like, introduction of the themes of contradiction. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much of that shit, and there's so much mirroring. There's that great shot, like, quite literally, there's so much shit with mirrors in this fucking movie. There's that great shot of, uh, they're, they're in the room... We're just gonna go through every single fucking yeah. That's scene. fine. We fuck can just fuck it. it. Yeah, fuck it. It's a good movie. Uh, it's there's a, a lot to movie. talk about. Um, th- there's this scene where Christian, Josh, and Mark and Pele are studying together in this like dorm room situation, and there's a big mirror on the wall. There's also a dab rig and a bong. Switch up. <laughs> Which is just- I can't, I can't ver- believe I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> there is a dab rig next to Pele on on this like weird uh, cabinet. And then under the table in another shot, because you don't see it in the ensemble shot, but in like a close-up, there's a bong under the coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my house. That's where <laughs> that's we're recording lo- I'm looking right at, now. at a bong right there's now. There's a bong
1: directly next to the microphone. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the bong. Bong ASMR. <laughs> um, that's just an incredible scene all around. Uh, and it's made more incredible by uh, Christian being like, okay, she's coming with us, but she's not coming with us. Oh, she's here right now. Shut up, shut up, shut up. And she, he like lets her in, and she's like, "Hey guys, great! I can't wait! I'm so excited!" And, and then she doesn't
1: say anything. Yeah,
0: Christian puts his. You see in the reflection, Christian putting his arms around her and kissing her, and Josh, Mark, and Pele look so uncomfortable because they were just talking about this shit, and like they like they don't sanction this relationship. They're like not okay with this affection, and they're just kind of like, "Mm-hmm." <laughs> <laughs> um, which is great, uh, and there is fucking oh god. Oh, and then another mirroring thing. <clears throat> so there's kind of there's kind of this general thematic conceit of uh, Pele being the anti-Christian by like being able to show emotion and being able to say sorry, uh, and in the same way Maya feels kind of like the anti-Danny because Maya is like showing all this interest in Christian and is able to. And, and like is able to speak uh, and is able to be like, hey, I'm, I'm really interested in you and I'm really interested in pursuing like romance, air quotes. Um, and it, that is kind of visually manifested in, in like the first time that you see Maya, um, she's kind of preparing herself in a mirror in like a really similar uh, outhouse to the one that Danny was in during her bad trip at the beginning of the film. Um, which is another thing that's mirrored because Danny has a bad trip at the beginning and then Christian has a bad trip at the ending, so it's all about their power struggle Uh, and and power going from uh, from uh, Christian to Danny throughout the movie. Uh, But, and then, like, the Maya shot is framed so that she's in the right side of the frame and she's looking into the mirror and she goes, like, and, like, does that breath thing and then she, like, goes out into the world and in the exact same framing, uh, Danny blows out the birthday candle later on in the film and goes, like uh, reversed so good uh oh, i love filmmaking i'm so i'm such a loser and it's but it's good no so it's good, good. i
1: love that you're uh smarter about filmmaking technique <laughs> than i am um yeah we just, need someone like that on the show
0: <laughs> <laughs> the 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 technique and just the use of like very consistently framing things in the same way and very consistently framing things either in profile or head on uh as a way to, to just be like yeah no like we are able to kind of view these things objectively and and view them sort of like fit head on and, and and face to face because they're not really that scary um everything else is yeah in, in a way uh yeah the craft of the movie is just great and then when josh dies there's a big mirror in that room
1: oh. which is how, which is how
0: you see the person who's behind josh and there's mirrors all over the fucking place in this shit which is very film school, but very, uh, but, but you know, Ari Aster, he is film school. He's a film school guy. He's,
1: he's a film school guy. Gaj- uh, I can't wait for his next movie. I I'm, should. Oh yeah. So we were also talking about his shorts. So
0: any, oh yeah. any other thoughts about his shorts? No, they're pretty, <laughs> they're, the rest are pretty fucking unremarkable. Uh, he, I mean, I don't know. They're okay. He has some, some kind of sort of funny ones. There's one about a homeless man that I find, uh, kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> And there's one from the perspective of like an LA Valley girl that's like kind of funny, and not really. They're not really that interesting. Uh, oh, Munchausen is. Uh, Munchausen is funny on paper. It's basically a Pixar short.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's what I've I've heard about it is that it's essentially a, a, a what if Pixar but fucked up.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and which which is much less interesting to view in in the long form uh, of it, I think. Um, but I, but that, like that, being completely beside the case. I like I don't know. I, I I think that I don't really consider that part of his oeuvre because I I consider his feature films just something complete, just such a completely different beast and something that is so, so much more layered and so much more interesting that I just have to be like super supportive and super excited for whatever comes next. Yeah. No. I think I. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't uh, disappointed so far. And yeah, I think
1: it's fair to be like. I mean, his short films are stuff that he made. Uh, In college, like the last big short film he made um, from that, if I remember correctly, uh, was literally his thesis statement. And then he went into making like hereditary and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, So it's like, you know, they're they're they're, of course, flawed films because they are being made by someone literally learning their craft.
0: (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Is there anything else?
1: Oh, yeah. I do want to talk about the great Reddit posts from his AMA (laughs) uh, where it's just like. One of them is, just, like, one of the questions is just, like, you depict trauma, like, really well in your films. Is it because, is it just because you're really good with, like, your actors, you know, good casting, or, like, are you drawing from personal experience? And his response is both, with an exclamation point. And, like, the first response is just like, all right, dude, don't get so excited. <laughs> uh, and then there's, like, another one where someone, like, the first question he's asked in the AMA is just like, you all right, dude? And he just says, no. <laughs> <laughs> he says, nope, nope. <laughs> Just that's, the image of Ari Aster just fucking depressed, yeah, on Reddit answering questions makes him the most relatable filmmaker alive
0: today. And that's kind of a, that's kind of another thing that I think is important context to bring up. And this this obviously gets into some kind of weird parasocial like awkward stuff where we're talking about Ari Aster as a person. Sorry, Ari Aster, please don't listen to this. Yeah, please. Yeah, turn turn your ears off. <laughs> um, but. I, I think it's uh I think my my critique of his portrayal of like the disability stuff is kind of complicated by the fact that he is very obviously depressed in kind of much the same way that I have been depressed in the in the same way that I have depression in the same way that a lot of people I know have like have depression <laughs> yeah so so it's not really you know it, it's not really like here's a weak man filmmaker. It's like, no, actually like this is a this is a really complicated guy who obviously like you can kind of see in interviews that he is like losing his train of thought he is talking he is like self-aggrandizing he's like self-flagellating uh he's you know oh i've i've been doing so many interviews i i hate myself a blue 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 um which like i think that is kind of a condition that uh male artists tend to suffer from uh and kind of make a big to-do about See stenectody New, yeah, y- yeah, Synecdoche, yeah. New York, by Charlie Hall C- Kaufman, is a good example of that. Um, but I, I think Ari Aster is coming from a place of real honesty uh, and a place of real, real lived experience, and and is not, um, and thus far is is uh, not using his platform to be preachy, and and is being, I think, a much more ho- is taking a much more holistic view as a result of of all of this kind of stuff.
1: I, I think really what it comes down to, like, in terms of the contrast is that I feel like having watched Synecdoche New York um, is that it's like the dark comedy that comes from being depressed and et cetera. I feel like with Ari Oster comes from a place of, like, really wanting to be genuine and sincere if that and, like, yeah. really play with that kind of, like, pain and, like, hurt and, like, the way it fucks you up. And then Charlie Kaufman is just, like, I loved his other films. Synecdoche New York is just so bitter and snarky yeah. and mean it's and not yeah. in a way that's like fun or like interesting or it's for not, me particularly enlightening it doesn't feel cathartic or anything it, it just, just feels really boring and i and i think that like <laughs> and it's not to like downplay because like i've i've seen adaptation i know charlie kaufman's got some shit going on yeah uh it's just very much a thing of just like you know, there, there's a point at which you're you're gazing into your mental illness enough times that you're not really doing anything with it. You're just like, well, this is my muse. Yeah, uh, I, I, absolutely. I, I, I talked about it when we were talking about it with Ari Oster before, but it's like, it's, you know, could contrast that with like um, Lars von Trier's whole thing of like, well, I don't want to get treatment because what if I stop making good art? And it's like, <laughs> that's not how, that's not how any of that works, dude. Yeah. <laughs> are you okay <laughs> that's not how that works dude you know that right you can like you you can you can look this up that's not how it works that's your art will
0: be way better trust me go to yeah your, your, your art will,
1: will probably be... be way better because you won't make like weird decisions because you're depressed and self-destructive yeah you won't claim you're a nazi and get banned from palms to floor if
0: you're not depressed <laughs> um god yeah uh, absolutely and, and and that's the thing um because I, I think a lot of people kind of want to gaze into the abyss and, and just make art that's like Make art that just says, like, I want to kill myself.
1: I I, I think it's the the suffering artist thing where it's, like, the belief is that in order to be a good artist, you have to have suffering. Mm -hmm. And I think it's more that if you know suffering, you can make really good art from it. But you don't have to, like, be currently suffering. And, in fact, being currently suffering is probably going to impede some of your process.
0: And, yeah. And, like, you haven't killed yourself. You're continuing to live. And so maybe make art about that. You should be making art that, like, makes you feel good. That's That should be the reason why
1: your suffering <laughs> motivates art. Yeah, that's the whole fucking really o- point. It's really obvious that Ari Aster's art is, like, personally
0: cathartic to him. Absolutely. And, like, that obviously puts him in kind of a, a really vulnerable place because he's making work that is also cathartic to, like, millions of other people. Uh, but... I, I, I don't know i i think it's i think it's really um it's 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 a really just it's it's filmmaking that has like heart
1: uh i i feel like we're we're, we're really seeing the rise of that kind of like the new the new style of like that kind of filmmaking where it's like it's mm-hmm. there's there's an approach to it that is cathartic and like artistic that is not just like oh I
0: have to wallow in this forever yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think filmmakers are also just kind of getting like a more world a more worlds uh worldwide palette. Um because there's just there's just so much I don't know. Fil- film is I, I don't I don't like talking about like this kind of or, or, or like talking in these kind of terms, but I, I I do really think film is like a super incredible art form. Uh and I think that film history worldwide has such a good um, well, to draw from for like interesting storytelling that is uh really like peaceful and really helpful and and doesn't wag its finger uh, at its characters. Like, look at Bong Joon Ho. Like, look at films that come out of Iran. Look at films that come out of fucking anywhere else that is in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> uh, and you know, like a twenty four shit. Like, uh, so. I, I, I applaud him as, as being like kind of kind of the one of those directors like of of that school and that camp of just like being able to think of these things on 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 these bigger terms and being able to position himself as a person that is in fucking society and alive, uh, and also uh, pushing it towards kind of the darker sort of horror end, I guess. Um, I don't know. I really appreciate it. Yeah, good job, Oster. Good job, Ari Aster. A plus. A plus. Um, yeah, that's is that. I, 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 I think I think that's a good. I think that's a good point. I think I talked point. myself blue in the fucking face. Yeah, I'm gonna
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go watch Lost now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Now,
1: now it's time to turn my brain into fucking bullshit candy, so I can talk about <laughs> garbage media, and not something that's like
0: fucking art. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna um I gotta I gotta run. I gotta catch the new Bong Joon Ho movie, uh, Parasite. It's uh you know. I'm gonna go to. Th- oh, gonna it go it's see- No, it's not. How oh, I wish. Just I. Can't I'm just wait. I'm just bringing up a movie that I really want to see on the podcast because I, I want I, it to come to Seattle. We talked good. about
1: that. We talked about uh, the farewell.
0: Uh, I cannot wait for Lighthouse to get out of here. Oh, Lighthouse is going to be great. Also,
1: uh, I've, also, I've heard nothing but good from people who've seen it.
0: Will Poulter and Jack Rayner apparently made um, their own little short film together that I'm really interested in watching. Oh, what is it? Uh, fucking, I don't know. Oh, okay, <laughs> but I'll, but fair I'll, enough. <laughs> but it's it's supposedly like kind of like a short horror piece, and I'm I'm really I'm really interested in checking that out. Um, so I think there's any other like arts
1: or art, art, art good looking films that are coming out that I'm, that are interesting.
0: Um, well, Marvel just announced phase four.
1: Oh yeah. The, 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 we have enough money that we can now use diversity as an advertising tactic rather than <laughs> as something that is possibly actually going to be a risk tactic. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> All right. I, I, I fucking hate Marvel. I fucking hate it so much. I, Oh, we can't go on this.
0: (laughs) Well anyway, Midsummer's great. Midsummer's great.
1: Go watch Midsummer. Support support. Did you know that Marvel literally is collaborating with the military industrial complex? They're like shaking hands. Yeah, no. That's that's Disney baby. Can you can you believe people get
0: mad at independent artists and then go watch that shit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you really can, unfortunately. Um so support A24. Yeah, support literally anything else. Sup- support anything fucking
1: else, Listen you to animals. fucking power noise made by some dude who probably is a fucking monster rather than go see Marvel, and you'll still be causing less harm to the world. Pirate the new Blade movie. It's not going to be good. You know it's not. Come on! It's so weird that they're making a new Blade movie when the original Blades are still so good. Like they really yeah. do. Like I know people say a lot, like why are you making it? The original's so good. But like I rewatched the Blade a while back. It still holds up. It could be released. Blade it, One is an incredible. You could just release movie. it now. Yeah, it still is good.
0: Well, we're at almost an hour thirty. All right. Um, well, time. That's the sound of us. Like, <laughs> to, heading out to, traveling away J- thank you for the foley yeah i've
1: i've listen i uh i fiddle with things a lot it's like an old adhd habit and sometimes no, yeah, it comes back baby
0: <laughs> <laughs> that mood uh and keep an eye out um piquity tapes our, our episode soon? is going to be dropping very soon yeah uh probably in conjunction with with this and that's going to be uh that's going to be exclusive to our patreon you can go there to see other exclusive fun things. We have a non-exclusive thing that came out earlier. Blair Witch Project. It's the Blair Witch Project with uh, Kate Wurtz We've Wirtz. got um, we've got an
1: actual full episode. Yeah. Eventually coming. We'll we'll fucking see. Yeah, it's it's. I know we've said this a few times, but it, it is now actually recorded and therefore in the can, as they say. Yeah. But um, now comes the now editing. comes the editing part, which takes a lot more. All
2: right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.